How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. For a bunch of obvious reasons, Kurt Rambis needs no introduction here in Boston. ESPN's NBA analyst, Kurt Rambis, joins us on the AT&T hotline. AT&T with speeds up to 10 times faster than 3G. Uh, Kurt, it's John and Jerry in Boston. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes. How are you today? I'm terrific. How are you guys? Excellent. Very, very good. Hey, just quickly off the top of your head, based on what you saw last night with the Miami Heat, do you have any 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 theories as to why this very talented Miami Heat team seems to be so dysfunctional on a number of levels, Kurt? Well, one of my concerns, and it's concerned me all year long, has been their lack of consistent outside shooting and bench production. When you look at a team that has a post player as their dominant presence, you know, a Dwight Howard, for an example, or a team where you have players like Wade and LeBron who want to drive but aren't really good outside shooters. Mm. They don't trust their outside shots. They want to penetrate. Anytime you have that sort of combination, you've got to have floor spacers. You've got to have guys that can knock down outside shots. And if you look at what Indiana's doing, they got Hibbert protecting the basket. Most of their defense is centered around stopping penetration, making those guys settle for outside shots. And when they do kick it, you've got the likes of Battier and Miller and Jones, and they're not knocking down consistently outside shots. And that was, you know, when you look at how Miami played from the very beginning of the season, they wanted to speed up the tempo of the game. And that's fine and dandy during the regular season. And they were getting out and getting fast break opportunities and just destroying the league with their defense and turning it into offense. But the game settles down in the playoffs. You play a lot of half-court basketball. And when you watch them, what are they running? What do they do? You know, there's no, there's no counters. There's no pressure releases. It's just a bunch of pick and rolls, a bunch of isolations, and having guys try and create shots, break down the defense, and then they're kicking it out to guys who aren't making shots. To me, there's a logic to why they're struggling right now. Perhaps the most notable aspect of last night's game specifically took place on the sidelines, not on the court, when Dwayne Wade and Eric Spolster got in each other's face. After the game, Spolster said, happens all the time, happens all the time. Was well, the former coach of the Lakers and the Timberwolves, can you confirm or deny that that kind of thing happens all the time, Kurt? Well, it happens. I wouldn't say it happens all the time. <laughs> there has to be better communication than that. If something like that is happening all the time, then there's some sort of breakdown going on. But tempers do flare, emotions are raw, you know, especially whenever a player is not playing well, he's going to be very frustrated, so you know that he's going to be angry with himself, especially with somebody with the likes of Wade and how much pressure he puts on himself internally to play well. But when you watch Wade play, to me, He's, he's not playing right. And I don't want to, you know, I, to me, the thing that I turn to is his health. Mm. He just doesn't look quick or explosive or is, you know, just as aggressive as he normally does. He's settling too much for outside shots. And so I don't know what's going on there, but there's something certainly wrong with how he's playing right now. Did, did you ever do that, have that kind of exchange with Pat Riley on the sideline? And do you think uh, Dwayne Wade would do that if that were Pat Riley or if that were Doc Rivers or if that were Greg Popovich? There's no doubt in my mind. I watched Greg Popovich 
you know, chew out and have conversations with Tony Parker when Tony Parker was young. Um, I would get mad when Riley would take me out of the ball game because he substituted me on minutes, you know, based on minutes. So I, if I was having a great ball game, I expected to stay in, but he was looking to bring in Bob McAdoo at a certain point in time, and it substitute me out, and I'd get pissed off, and I'd say some swear words, but I'd walk off the bench, and it was all forgotten at that point in time. And I'm, if you look at Doc, he's had he's had uh, moments where he's gotten in, in players' faces on the sideline. You don't see it all the time unless you're there, but he's certainly done it. So, you know, like I said, it does happen. It happens all the time. If it's happening all the time, there's something wrong. Right. So I don't think it happens all the time. And I think it was a little worse. As I said earlier, uh, Kurt, it looked like Dwayne Wade wanted to fight him. I mean, it looked like they were going to come to blows. What, what, what do you think the Miami Heat are going to win the title this year? And if not, if I mean, they certainly appear flawed right now. Uh, is it ever going to happen for LeBron James? Yes, I, I believe it will definitely happen. To me, I've just always been a big believer, and you've got to have the right pieces of a team that, that fit together so that the skills complement each other. And like I said in the very beginning, when you have players that want to drive all the time, you've got to have you know, big people that either step out and can shoot the ball away from the basket so it pulls their defender away from the basket or they can knock it down, or you've got to have outside shooters that are very consistent. And right now, Miami just doesn't have that. When they've spent the kind of money that they've spent on their big three, it's hard for them to get the consistent kind of talent that steps up night in and night out with players with the amount of money that they have left over. I mean, look look at how San Antonio is playing. When they use Parker and they use Duncan, they've got guys that penetrate, they've got guys that post up, but they're counting on the Kawhi Leonard's, the Danny Green's, those type of players, Gary Neal, who knock down outside shots. And that's what puts so much pressure on defenses. Not only do you have to contend with those stars that are driving to the basket, Ginobili, you can add him to that mix of guys that drive to the basket, and you've got to worry about those outside shooters. And if that combination is happening and the guys move the ball unselfishly, it's almost impossible to stop a team from scoring, and that's why San Antonio is playing so well, and that's why Miami's not right now. You know, Kurt Rambis, lost in all the criticism of the Miami Heat would be the credit going to the Indiana Pacers and how well they are playing. From a matchup standpoint, Kurt, if you're the Boston Celtics, would you prefer the Heat or the Pacers in the next round? I think they would prefer the Heat. Mm. I think they would prefer the Heat. I, I think the Heat right now are struggling. When you look at when you look at Indiana, those pieces fit. Now, whether those pieces are talented enough or experienced enough to win a, a championship remains to be seen. You know, they may not have a closer right now in, in clutch time, in close game situations. I don't even think they know who they're going to in terms of somebody that can get them over the hump offensively. But when you look at the guards that they have that can shoot the basketball, play pick and roll and penetrate, they're wing players. They do a good job of shooting from distance. They've got a center who can make shots, who can block shots, who can rebound. They've got a decent bench with guys coming off that can provide some speed, some energy, some activity. Those pieces fit together. Mm. So that's what makes them a dangerous team right now. And they're just playing with so confident and so arrogant right now. And I say arrogant in a good way. I don't mean that, you know, it's, it's a bravado that right. they're playing with. 
that they're fun to watch as a ball club. As a matter of fact, I'm glad they're playing Miami so that they can get some national exposure. They've been playing some pretty good basketball all season long, but because they're Indiana, nobody pays right. attention to them, nobody watches them, so this gives them some national exposure to uh, so a team that's playing very well at both ends. Hey, Kurt, does the level at which Kevin Garnett, who, by the way, I think turns 36 tomorrow, uh, surprise you? Because he's taking it to another level here. Um, does it surprise me? Uh, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I mean, he's played a lot of minutes over a very long career, but also big guys can play longer in this league because they can get away with things with height and their length. Mm. But he's such an intense ball player. He plays so hard. So you know his conditioning. You know his pride is there. A lot of players, as they get older, they, st- they stop working out. They stop working on the things that uh, develop and enrich their game. They stop working on their conditioning. They, their condition. They put on weight, so that helps dwindle their career and shorten it. But you don't see that in him. His intensity, his fire is there. And when you look at somebody of his skill set that can shoot the ball around the basket, he can pull out and take 18-foot shots, he plays with such intensity at both ends of the floor, that that gives him an edge playing against even younger players who are probably you know more athletic than him. But because he has this intense mindset and this length, especially how he shoots the basketball, it allows him to have a functioning game in the NBA. And there's no reason he can't go you know, a few more years the way that he's playing right now. His physical skills aside, did you find him to be a pain in the ass and irritant with the yapping and just kind of the way he played the game, Kurt? An irritant? No, it, it didn't. Uh, you know, we, we told our guys when we were with the Lakers that a lot of it was just false bravado mm. in the sense that he was using it to psych himself up, not to kind of get in your face. It was a way to motivate himself. Mm. So don't, ge- don't engage him. Don't, you know, don't give him fuel to motivate himself. Just completely ignore him and just go out and play your game. You know, and it's, and it's difficult whenever he was having to go you know, against a Shaq and a very talented Laker team. Um, he had a hard time dealing with the size and strength of players that he had to contend with. But he's always been a player that you have to monitor in every single pregame talk on a team that he is on, you've got to spend time talking about Kevin Garnett, not only about what you have to do with him def- uh, offensively and him scoring, but you also have to do, do a good job of making sure that your offense keeps him occupied. You can't let him just be a roamer, somebody that's affecting plays and just going out and playing a zone defense and covering you know, four different people as well as his own guy. Well, you, you explained to us why Indiana's a bad matchup for Miami. Would the same apply to Boston? Would, uh, and, and you just said how uh, Garnett has a tough time with big guys. Well, the biggest guy out there, at least in the East right now, is Hibbert. Will that be, if these two teams advance, is it going to be tough for Boston to find, have an answer for Hibbert? I, I don't believe so, no, because Boston's team defense is so sound that they're going to do a good job of clogging the paint. They really help each other out, um, and, and they, they support one another so that their team defense stops penetration. They make you settle for outside shots. But what is Garnett's advantage is his ability to knock down outside shots. That's going to force Hibbert or West to come away from the basket, whoever gets matched up against him. And that's where he's going to have an advantage because he's a lot taller and longer than West and a lot more mobile than Hibbert. And if Hibbert's being drawn away from the basket, that's opening up avenues for Pierce and Allen and Rondo and Bradley 
and the likes be able to drive to the basket and attack it. So they're going to have that in-out combination that's going to be very uh, difficult for Indiana to guard them. Hey, Kurt, one of the most famous cheap shots, at least around here and probably in your life, was the clothesline by McHale, who didn't even get kicked out of the game, I believe. What would that have earned a what would what would that earn a player today? Uh, well, there would have been several things that happened because that would have earned him a suspension and a fine, and that was probably what instigated a lot of the movement forward in the NBA about having these flagrant foul opportunities to protect the players. But not only was uh, I involved with it and Kevin McHale involved with it, but a lot of players left the bench area right, and yeah. the rules now, they would have all been suspended. So there would have been a lot, of, uh, a lot of fines, a lot of activity, and a lot of frustration for everybody because you would have had players being suspended in an NBA Finals, and that wouldn't have bode well for ratings and the, the teams. And so organizations, fans, everybody would have been frustrated with what happened after that. Kurt, final question for me. Speaking of the NBA Finals, and I know we're looking way, way, way down the road, but if the Celtics get there, in your estimation, what would be the more attractive, the much more fun matchup, Celtics versus San Antonio or Celtics versus the young Oklahoma City team? I, you couldn't go wrong either way. Yep. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting series if uh, Boston gets there with either one of those ball clubs. I personally think that San Antonio is going to get to the NBA Finals and ultimately win, but that's just my opinion. But it's going to be an interesting Western Conference Finals, and if Boston gets there, you know, and a lot of talk has gone out in in Celtic. Uh, uh, circles where they're talking about this is the last hurrah for the big three or mm. big four, that they're just not going to be together. It's going to be tough for them to round it up for another long season, long grueling season, and get back you know, to a championship level again. So it's going to be interesting what happens with the Celtics in the offseason because they have very talented players that fit in the organization, but they're also older, so they might have more value to the Celtics than if the Celtics went out and tried to trade those guys to get younger, more talented ball players, and where teams wouldn't want to give up that young talent for somebody that's older, unless that's going to be the piece that they feel and another team really puts them over the top and gets them over the hump where they can win an NBA title. But it's they're in a precarious situation now because they have bigger contracts, they also have age. But they're a pretty good team, and I don't think anybody looks forward to playing them. Nobody's rubbing their hands together and going, oh, boy, I get to play the Boston Celtics. That's not the way that any team is looking at it. He is ESPN's NBA analyst, Kurt Rambis. Kurt, thanks for taking some time today and talk the NBA with us. We'll talk to you down the road. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Kurt Rambis with Dennison Callahan on the AT&T hotline, AT&T 4G LTE. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.